great singing this morning. Let's continue worshiping here. of why we're here, what Jesus did for us this time of year, and how joyful it is just to know that he is our Lord and our Savior.
Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Welcome to Crossroads. Uh, at this time, I'd like to ask you to take the friendship folders and pass them down the aisle today. Um, I think a lot of our people are worn out from the weekend, all right? It's been an exciting weekend here at Crossroads. Our Christmas dessert theater has uh, just been so well attended this weekend, and we're thanking God for all that he's done. And uh, we're, we're so just uh, thrilled about what all of our people have done here in the church and uh, I know many of them are resting this morning and uh, getting their energy back. So I want to thank Beth DePietro for her great work at leading. And so let's thank her this morning. I want to thank you for all your work you've done <clears throat> and, uh, and, 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 and directing and all of our people together pitching in. So if you have not yet got a ticket, you have not been here yet this week, please uh, stop by on the way out. You can grab a ticket or you can get it online. And uh, just uh, come on out tonight. We're going to have an exciting time here. We're, uh, we're excited about what God's going to do here tonight. Uh, more than 25 people have responded to Christ this weekend. So we're, aren't you excited about that? So people are coming to God. Let's, uh, let's thank Him for that. So we're, we're excited about what, all that God is doing in this place. Just a, just a few announcements here today. Uh, our Christmas Eve service is coming up. That will be on Christmas Eve is on Saturday. And then Christmas Day is on Sunday. So we're going to have Christmas Eve at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Uh, as you leave today, they're going to be handing out these little invitations. I want to encourage you to, to invite somebody. Take one or two or five or ten of these and, and just put the word out that we have a Christmas Eve service. Uh, maybe make a tray of cookies for your neighbor or, or some sort of little gift bag and go over and visit your neighbors and invite them and say, hey, we've, we've got a nice little Christmas Eve service going on. Uh, uh, it'll be uh, just a, a wonderful time here, 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. On Christmas Day, we'll be back with one service at 10 o'clock on Christmas Day. So I want to encourage you to be here for, uh, for our Christmas Eve. And then, like I said, Christmas Day, you can, there'll be nothing for our children on Christmas Day, all right? Just the, there'll be an infant nursery, I think, up to about two years old. And then uh, all the rest of the kids will be up in the service with us. So I'm encouraging parents to, uh, to bring their kids in their PJs on Christmas morning, all right? And, uh, and they can be here. Maybe they want to wrap up a, a, a canned good that we can give to the food bank. And, they, and we'll have our little, little offering of uh, canned goods that they can give to the food bank. And we'll let the kids have a participation in that way. But uh, just, be, just be in prayer for this next couple weeks here because it's a tremendous opportunity for us to invite somebody. Um, also, take the, uh, they're going to hand out these, these uh, invites of the carols. Our series on the carols will continue next week and through Christmas morning. So uh, put the word out, invite a few people, and watch what God will do. I know that uh, you've been stepping out for our dessert theater, stepping out in faith, and God has blessed tremendously, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited about what he's doing. And then uh, you'll also notice that we have our birthday gift to Jesus. We've, we've been asking you to pray about the birthday gift to Jesus. And so if uh, you would continue to pray about your part, uh, number one, pray that we would meet the goal collectively. Total right now, we've received $36,000 towards our birthday gift to Jesus. Now, isn't that exciting? So we're, we're, uh, we're marching on right on to there, and uh, that will be not very long away. We'll be hitting the goal. So I want to ask you to pray with us that God will, number one, allow us to hit the goal. And number two, that he will, uh, 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 that he'll provide for you to give. And as you just come before the Lord and ask God, you know, what can I give? 
Lord, what is my part? What should I be doing as my part in the birthday gift to Jesus? And just watch him supply. Watch him provide for you. And then as you give it to him. Uh, one person was sharing with me that they prayed and asked God for a number. And God provided for them. And he gave them that number. Gave them that amount already. And they are more than thrilled to come in and give that to Jesus. So as we're looking over the list, I want to remind you, we've got people all over the world you look out there on the, in the foyer, we have the big map display with the, with the little things all over the map where, who we're supporting and, and helping all over the place. You'll notice that we have a fellow over in Africa, uh, Garrett Furnish. Uh, there's another, another fellow over in, we're in the Philippines, we're helping in the Philippines, we're helping of course in Haiti, in uh, Ecuador, all these different places. And so God has just uh, given us a lot of connections and from the little town of Finleyville, we can have a big impact. Isn't that exciting? Uh, oh, little town of Finleyville. And uh, so from right here, God uses us and I'm just amazed how every year we just watch God work. And so this is our largest school ever, $80,000. And I want to ask you to pray about your part and then just respond to the Lord as he provides for you. What a joy. And it, uh, it is really a true, true joy to be on the giving end of that. So, and, and just think of those missionaries as they receive that surprise check for many of them surprise gift from God and God uses you to provide for them what a blessing it is so at this time I'd like to call our ushers forward and as our ushers come if you are uh, giving to the birthday gift to Jesus this morning please designate your gift as such designated as birthday gift to Jesus um, so that we can properly account for it but we want to thank you for your faithfulness God has been so good to the church uh, he's, he's just been blessing the church incredibly. We're, we're thanking God for his financial provision. We're thanking God for his, the growth that we're seeing in, in, our, in our church family right now. People are coming to Christ, and that is what is just so exciting, folks. Uh, 20, like I said, more than 25 people have responded so far. We're looking to see what God's going to do tonight. And just watch how people... It's just so exciting when you hear somebody has said, All right, I'm going to trust God. So I, I want to thank you for being part of that because we can't do that alone. This is, this is our church together. We are here. We exist to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And I thank you for your part in uh, being faithful to God. So let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you're doing. God, you're moving in mighty ways, and I just ask that you'll continue to move in our church, Lord, that you'll move, move incredibly, Lord. God, do your work and, uh, and provide for your missionaries through our birthday gift to Jesus, Lord. As we've looked at these folks who have needs and we're, we're able to step in and just watch you work, God, I ask that you'll, you'll change, uh, change their situation, Lord, by providing through us. God, uh, allow us to uh, just be channels of your love and your grace and your provision. I thank you, Lord, for each gift and each giver this morning. And we just pray that you'll be honored and adored in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise on um, Christmas carols. And last Sunday, we, he talked about the Christmas carol, O Holy Night. So this week, he's going to be talking about the Christmas carol, O Come All You Faithful. And so we'd like you to join us in singing it. Or if you just want to kind of sit back and take in the words, that's fine too. But this is really a preparation just to hear what O Come All You Faithful and where it came from. Oh, come all ye 
triumphant. Oh, come me, oh, come me to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. you're here today. I know that uh, a little bit of snow is out there this morning. Thank you for braving the dusting of snow, huh? Uh, we're excited about what God has been doing. We're, we're going through our little series on the carols, and today we are uh, we're focusing on this song, O Come, All Ye Faithful. 
And I have to say that, uh, you know, out of the, the Christmas songs, there, there's a number of those Christmas songs that are so rich in meaning, and, and, uh, but some of them you just love to sing. And for me, Oh Come All You Faithful is probably one of my most favorite songs. Uh, I just remember back in the days when I was doing a little bit more worship leading, I wore the congregation out on that song. We sang it twice a day for four Sundays straight, all right? I had every verse known to man. We were making up verses to it. It was, it was just an incredible song. Uh, when you think about it, that we get to come and adore Christ, the newborn king. We get to come and behold him. Uh, there, there was one time I was at a uh, at a concert, I think it was Third Day was playing at a concert, and, uh, and they had sung something, and I, I, I embarrassed my wife terribly, I'll never forget, I, I, not that I would do that on a regular basis, but I did this one time, right? I embarrassed her, we were down front, or it's a Third Day concert, and, uh, and they got done, they were singing, it was like they walked off the stage, and I'm down front, and I just belted out, oh, come let us, uh, and I got the whole place singing right from the front row, all right? Why? Oh, come, let us adore him. We, we're connecting to who he is. We're, we love to worship Christ. That's, that's the heart of a Christ follower. But let, let me give you just a little bit of background of, oh, come, all you faithful, okay? Uh, in, in 1740s, there was a movement, all right? This is over 250 years ago. There was a movement in England called the Jacobite Rebellion, It was an attempt on the part of the English Catholics to get a Catholic monarch on the throne, on the throne of England. And they failed. And uh, through this whole process of their failure of trying to get their goal accomplished, uh, they they became a very persecuted people. These people that were trying to get the the, uh, Catholic monarch on the throne. So they became persecuted. As a matter of fact, the persecution was so much to the point that these English Catholics were fleeing England. And they were going over to France. And one particular guy uh, ends up in Douai, France. And his name is John Francis Wade. John Francis Wade ends up becoming the author of O Come, Let Us Adore Him. O o Come, All You Faithful. Uh, This flood of people in 1745 leave England and go over into France. And uh, this guy, John Francis Wade, he was a scribe by trade. Uh, he, was, he was educated, but he wasn't particularly wealthy. He was, uh, he, he was a very knowledgeable guy. But when he relocated into France, he spent some time teaching music in a, in a school. It was a school for, for these English Catholic refugees, the people who fled from England. And, and he taught music. Uh, it was part of his scribe work. He would scribe music. He would just copy, the, copy music over. And, uh, and, and so it, that was what he did. But he was involved in writing also masses for the church. He would, uh, for the Catholic church, he would write masses. And uh, part, part of what he wrote had a lot of the theme of pilgrimage. Because they had this pilgrimage mentality. They, they had left England and they wanted to come back. They wanted to return to England to worship. It was, it was one of their dreams. And so as he would write, the, write things for the church, he would find this theme quite often, pilgrimage. The, this idea of coming, coming back to Christ, coming back to worship. And so we see that in the song, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. He's, he's calling people to worship Christ. And this is a Christmas song, so he's, he's got it set in Bethlehem. And, uh, and it, but the, you see the theme of pilgrimage in, in, the, in his writings. And so John Francis Wade, uh, his life, that he wrote that song, and it was rather limited during his lifetime. It didn't really take off. I mean, a few people knew it, and it was kind of around and over there in France. And, but it was, wasn't until 1795, after Wade had passed away, 
that it was in the Portuguese chapel in London. The Duke of Leeds finds this carol, finds this song, and, and just falls in love with it. And he teaches his choral group. And, uh, and they uh, have, were a group of great notoriety. And, and when they started to sing it, this song took off. And so here we are 250 years later. The, the song was originally written in Latin. It, was, uh, it had the title, Adeste Fidelis. And uh, you, can, you can look up Adeste Fidelis. You, you may hear it on the radio from now and then. Every now and then you'll hear it still played in Latin. This was the song originally written by John Francis Wade. And in 1841, a guy by the name of Frederick Oakley, he comes and he translates it over to English. And so we get this, O come, let us adore him. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. So this, this great heritage of, of coming to worship Christ. But there's a second verse to the song. And the second verse is not published too often. You don't ever hear it sung. Um, you, you may never have even heard it. I'm going to read to you verse 2, as was written by John Francis Wade. He says, True God of true God, light from light eternal. Lo, he shuns not the virgin's womb, son of the father, begotten, not created. And so what he was doing here, he was, he was showing that this baby was Jesus. This baby is God. And what he was doing was he actually had a paraphrase of the Nicene Creed, which goes back to 325 A.D. So when he wrote this song, he's connecting it to, to some, of the, some of the rich depths, the, the truths of who God is. And what the, what the Nicene Creed was, the, the church came together at the Council of Nicaea, and, and they come together and said, this is what we believe. And let me read it to you. It says, this is the Nicene Creed from 325 A.D. And you'll see the resemblance of verse 2 that I just read to you. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, from one being with the Father, through him all things were made. And so we see a man who's trying to communicate a message, and he does it through song to get people to Christ. And, and there's two, two huge aspects of the song. And the verse one, to me, is, uh, it, it just brings out the word come. You, you see it. Let me just read verse one to you. O come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. O come ye to Bethlehem. O come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. It's like the word come is six times in the first verse. So this morning, I want to stop and look at the word come. Uh, this concept, he, he's saying come. And if you go through the Psalms, you'll see that there was a, uh, quite often the Psalm, the, the, in the book of Psalms, the writer would, would write about coming to Christ, come to worship, come and worship God for who he is. So that, this has a, a lot of history into the Old Testament. But I want you to think with me about this concept of come. Who did Jesus call to come? Who, who, who did he say was to come to Bethlehem and see? Uh, here, here is Jesus. He is over in the, in the stable. He's being born. But who is he, who is he called to come? Uh, you know, when you look at this this morning, you look at faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Maybe you're looking at those and you say, wow, I don't know if I'm faithful. 
How can I be a part of that? God's called, you know, this song says, Oh, come, all you faithful, all you joyful, all you triumphant. Is that what I'm supposed That doesn't fit me sometimes. I'm not always faithful. My faith is not always full. Uh, maybe it's the joy. You look at joy and say, man, this time of year can really just sap the joy out of you, you know? You, you go into the grocery store and you try to get in the quicker line. You ever do that, you know? You're just trying to rush in and out with all this stuff going on. And, uh, you know, you go in there and you say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose that line because it's shorter. You get stuck in that line and it's not truly shorter. The lady in front of you pulls out a check. Yeah, who writes a check today, right? You know, it's like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like, wow. And then you're frustrated because the other line you should have picked is done. And people are moving beyond you. you. You can let your joy get zapped by things around you so easily. How about triumphant? Does triumphant describe your life? Maybe, maybe you're going through, uh, through some times where you're saying, wow, I'm struggling in some of these areas. Well, the first word this morning is come. Let's look over at Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. What does he say about come? What, 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 I want to see who, who, did, who was told to come to Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So earlier in chapter 2, we just see that Jesus was born. He's in, he's in the manger, and uh, his family's there with him. But yet there are these shepherds, and they're nearby. They're not far away. But look who Jesus calls first. He calls the shepherds to come. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace toward men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them to, and, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The, the very first people, the very first people that, that the angel says to come. Now, now think about this. He, he doesn't go, the angel doesn't go to the, to the authorities. Uh, he doesn't go to Caesar. He doesn't go to Herod. And let me tell you why he didn't go to Caesar. Because Caesar... And that day was known, and this was his, his inscription, Savior of the world. Caesar, a political hero, a political, uh, he was uh, of Rome here, right? The Roman Empire. He was known. It was inscribed, Caesar, the Savior of the world. So the angel didn't go to Caesar because Caesar had it all wrong. Uh, the people who thought that Caesar would bring them hope and, and, uh, and a future, they were terribly wrong. And today, we get that today, don't we? There's no political party that will bring you future and hope and all that. Only Jesus can do that. So when the angel comes, he comes to the shepherds. Well, why didn't the angel come and speak to the religious leaders? Why didn't he go to the, to the, to the people who studied it? Can you imagine getting around some of, those, some of those religious leaders that would say, yes, I know, there were more than 300 verses in our, in our scriptures that have foretold his coming. 300, and this fulfills who he is. He didn't go to them. 
He went to the shepherds. And I'd like to suggest this morning that he went to the shepherds uh, because he wanted to show that Christ was for all. Christ wasn't just for the faithful. He wasn't just for the religious, for the happy, for the joyful, for the triumphant. He was for all. He was for everybody. And so when Christ came, he came to a group of people that were, that were just common, everyday people. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were on the bottom of the social scale. Uh, a, a shepherd was, while well, a shepherd was, you look in the Old Testament, you see that a shepherd was uh, really a high position. I mean, here was David was a shepherd. He was called by God. Jesus himself called himself the good shepherd. So a shepherd was not something that we should take lightly, but as far as the religious leaders of the day, they put the, uh, they put the shepherds down here. There were a couple reasons for that. Number one, they were an uneducated group of people. They were basically uh, uneducated, unskilled. They did the kind of work, uh, shepherding, that was generally given to children to do because it was kind of simple to do. It didn't take any particular talent, didn't take any skill. They were basically unskilled people. They had no trade, they had no skill. They were really the lowest paid. They were at the bottom of the scale. And beyond that, the fact that, uh, that they would be the lowest people on the social ladder uh, created necessity. Here's why they were on the lowest, because they were taking care, out of necessity, taking care of these sheep, and, uh, and they would miss the Sabbath. They, would miss all, all kind, they couldn't participate in the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath was a day that they were not allowed to work on. Well, you had to take care of the sheep. Uh, if the sheep were going to get gone, somebody has to care for the sheep. And so even on the Sabbath, they would work. And so the, the religious leaders would look down upon these folks. Uh, they, they, they ended up becoming known for, um, for, for their work, for their uncleanliness that they had to deal with. They were kind of smelly. Kind of, you know, you could just imagine being around the sheep. They were the low. And if you read Jewish literature over, over the next hundred years or so, uh, there were, they were, they became, the shepherds became more and more despised. In fact, it wasn't long after this that they began to be seen as unreliable, untrustworthy, unsavory people who were largely suspected of stealing sheep and doing all kinds of illegal things. They were not anywhere close to the religious people. They were not anywhere close. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to think about this. When Jesus came to the shepherds, he was telling, come for all. He wasn't saying for those that go to church and for those that live a nice, pristine life. He wasn't saying for those that have got it figured out. He said for all to come. And as I look at that song this morning, O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, I sometimes look at that and say, man, I just wish I could live up to that. I wish I could be faithful. I wish I could be joyful. I wish I could be triumphant, but sometimes my life just isn't there. So I'm going to show you, who, who does God call? One of the people that Jesus calls in the scripture, he says, come. When Jesus says, come, he says, uh, come all who are weary and burdened. If you are weary and burdened, that's who he says to come. He calls all who are weary and burdened. Matthew 11:28 says this, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You want rest? There it is. It's, in, it's found in Christ. You won't find it in anything that this world offers. You won't find it in any of your dreams. You, you may have dreams and aspirations, and you're not going to find rest in any of those things. 
and, and meeting all of your goals and, and fulfilling your dreams, you will not find rest. He says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, all who are bur- burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think about this weariness. Think think about the the people of that day. Uh, The the religious leaders of the day, there was something that was known as the yoke of the rabbi. And that referred to the the schooling of the rabbi. And if you wanted to live up to the rabbi, you, you had to follow them. Uh, they, there, were, there was all, often talk of you'd be so close to the rabbi that you were in his dust. And Jesus says, when you come and you follow me, you follow Jesus, my yoke is light. My yoke is easy. Now, now that, that's kind of, kind of impressive. Because uh, if you went around any other rabbi, you would have learned all kind of rules that you would have had to keep up with. You would have learned you have to do this, you have to do that, and you would have the yoke of the law. You see, there was the yoke of the law. This, this, and, and, and imagine with me a yoke. It was like a, a, a piece of wood, and they'd put it over and had this, this uh, harness around it, if you will, that kept the ox in line. And you would put two oxen. You could, you could go down and plow the field, and, and the yoke would keep them in line. And Jesus says that my yoke is easy. Uh, the, the, the yoke of the law was hard. The, the yoke of the law showed us that we can't live up to the law. The, the, the yoke of the, of the Pharisees of the day, they were practicing legalism to the nth degree. It's easy to find comfort in other places. Uh, you know what? Sometimes we come and we say, well, well the yoke of the law was so heavy, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to find another yoke. I'm going to find another, another place. And, and you're going to go out and you say, all right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. And you start to fill your life with these things because you want this burden to be light. But God says, my burden is light. The reality is, you can't live up to the religious leaders of that day. The, uh, the, the shepherds, they would, they would never have made it in the, in, the, uh, in the religious system of that day. I like what uh, Webster says. This is a, a commentator by the name of Webster. He says this. He says, apart from the grace of Christ and the saving work of the cross, it would be impossible to convince people that the easy yoke is doable, yet alone easy. In other words, the people that day, they, this was such a new and foreign thought. And maybe for you it is a foreign thought today too. Uh, but for those who live under the yoke, under the yoke of Christ, there is, an absolute, there is absolutely no other way to live. Who in their right mind would go back to the God of self, money, lust, or power? Who would return on bended knee to the shrines of pious performance and judgmentalism? See, those things, those are burdens. That's a yoke that you can't live up to. Is not love better than hate? Purity better than lust? Reconciliation better than retaliation? And is not better really easier when measured in character rather than convenience? Rest for the soul rather than selfish pride. Uh, Jesus says, come all who are weary, all who are burdened. Does that fit you? Does that fit me? Absolutely it does. 
We come before him. I, I want you to think about the, the nativity scene. You know, we put these nativity scenes up in our house and we decorate with that and we see it. It's just so pristine and the, the shepherds have come and there's a few kings and everything. everybody's bringing all these gifts. We really ought to put somebody there that's kneeling down and instead of gold and frankincense and myrrh, yes, the kings did bring that, but Jesus says to come, all you that are weary. Lay your burdens down at my feet, and I'm the one who's going to give you the rest. Such a different message, isn't it? It, it, It's where we need to come. We need to come there every day, not just Christmas time, but every day of our life. Come before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I, I can't take living up to the yoke of everybody else's approval. If you want to be unhappy, just try to get somebody else's approval. That is the number one way to be unhappy. You will have no joy. Try to impress somebody. You will be joyless. Uh, When we come before the Lord and we lay down our burden, God, I can't live up. Jesus, you said the, the standard of God was perfection. God, I can't live up to that. I'm giving you my brokenness. I'm giving you my weariness. I'm laying my burdens. Wouldn't that be interesting to make a nativity scene with the broken heart at the manger? Because that's who Jesus says to come. Jesus says, bring your mess and lay down on my feet. Who else did Jesus say to come? He said sinners. He calls the sinners to come. He says, uh, he says come all who are sinners. And, and on hearing this, Matthew 9, 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the, well, not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call the righteous, I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is who Jesus was known. Jesus, all his life, he was in his ministry, who did he hang out with? Sinners. Who did the religious people get on him for hanging out with? He hung out with sinners. He hung out with people who were messy. He hung out with people that were like the shepherds that couldn't keep the Sabbath. They couldn't live up to the yoke of the rabbis. And Jesus says, my burden is easy. My burden is light. Now, I want to I share this with you here because here's, here's what's really cool about this. Jesus says, you come to me, all that are weak and heavy laden. Come lay your burdens at my foot, at my feet, right? And here's what's super exciting. You come and you lay your burdens there. He doesn't leave you that way. You see, because you don't get to come, you don't just keep coming back with burden after burden. Yes, we do have those burdens and we have that privilege to come. But here's what happens. When we come with those burdens, God heals. God God works on the inside. God begins to transform us. And we come with our burdens. We come as sinners. And what does God do? Look what he says here. The scriptures tell us. The apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? Become what? New. The burden is light. He says, I have made you new. When you come to me, unjoyful, unfaithful, untriumphant, when you come to me, I make you new. It's, it's totally opposite of how our culture thinks. It's totally opposite of how you think, how you would train anybody to, to do anything. You would never say, yeah, just give me your mess and I'll clean it up. 
And that's what God says. He says, come to me with your mess and allow me to transform your life. Come, come. Uh, this morning, th- think about this with me. Uh, he says to adore. The second word I like to look at is adore. So we look at come and then adore. We're adoring God for who he is. You know, when, when, when I look at the word adore, adore is my response. You know, if, if you have something you say, that's just adorable, you know. My wife got this dog now. She thinks it's adorable, you know. I've tried to tell her I'm adorable, not the dog, right? All right, you, know, you, you, you look at this. You, 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 all right, when we come, that is your response. And I want you to think about that. When we come to Christ, you have to come to Christ, and he is desiring a response. It's not just some story. It's not just, wow, it's Christmas, and don't I feel good? I hope you feel good. I think that's great, but I want you to go beyond feeling good. I want you to be transformed. That's what God wants. He wants you to be transformed. So when we come to Christ, here's three things that he does. When we come and we look at him, okay, and we adore him, as the songwriter said, oh, come all ye faithful, when we adore Christ, he makes us faithful. When we adore Christ, he is the one who makes us faithful. And this, this is so powerful over in... Uh, in, in Hebrews 12, 2, he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author and perfecter, the finisher. Uh, it means he is the one who completes it, who matures our faith. You want to become mature in faith? You can't. It is Jesus who matures your faith. Isn't that cool? When, when we come before him, when we adore him, look what he does. He is the one who gives us faith. He grows our faith. And for the joy, it says... And for who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Uh, what was the joy that was set before him? Setting you free. That was the joy that God had, Jesus had. But he endured the cross to get to that joy. The joy was to set you free, but he had the pain, the cross. He endured the cross to set, uh, to set you free, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how do I grow my faith? How do I become faithful? Here it is, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to grow your faith, you've got to hear God's word. You've got to be in his word. I, I, want, to, I want to encourage you. Uh, we live in a great day. You know, when, when this was written, they weren't walking around with Bibles under their arms. There, there was a scroll and you would, go, you would go into the temple and they would read the scripture. And it was common that they would come together and, and, a, and a pastor often didn't come and comment like we do on the scripture. They would just primarily get together and read portions of Isaiah, read portions from Deuteronomy. And they would come together and they would read it because they didn't have it in their homes. So when, when that verse says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the concept was to come and get God's word. You and I, we have this tremendous privilege of God's word with us. We, we, get, we get to take it home. I get to carry it under my arm. I get to put it on my phone. You, you can hear God's word in your car. You, you can just have your phone play it to you on your way to work. You can let God's word be read to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. When we hear God's word, now check this out. This is what's super exciting. When we hear God's word, God speaks to us. And he grows your faith and you become full of faith. You become faithful. He speaks into you and you become faithful. Now check this out here. 
He, uh, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you from the book of Isaiah this morning. And I want you to think about your weariness. I want you to think about your burdens. I want you to think about some areas of your life where you need God to speak to you. And, and I want you to let God grow your faith as you hear his word this morning, okay? This is Isaiah 43, verse 2. And just, just let God speak to you. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Let God speak to you. See what happens when we come and we look at, at, look at our life and we look at the burdens, we look at how things, all the mess that we're dealing with. Let God speak into you and know that in the midst of it all, you're coming before Him. He's turning you into a new creature and He has got it under control. And He says that He's with you. You see, there's so much in the Bible. And so when you make a commitment to, to come before him and, and start to feed your soul on his words, guess what he does? He grows your faith. And that's how you become faithful. That's how you become the faithful. The second thing is this. When we adore Christ, he helps us to become more joyful. Uh, you know, Christmas is one of those times we talk about, you know, faith, hope, and love, and joy, and all these wonderful, pretty words, right? But joyful... Is, uh, is something that comes from God. Uh, it, it's something that is from the fruit of God. Here's uh, Galatians 5.22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Uh, th this, is the fruit, this is the fruit of the Spirit. There it is. It is God's fruit to you. Uh, when you come to Him, He produces it in your life. So you're not going to get this. This is not some mindset. Uh, we, took, uh, we took the whole book of Philippians this summer and looked at joy, 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 joy. Uh, so, I mean, we've talked a whole lot about it, but I just want to remind you that happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus. So when you're coming to Christ, take, don't, don't look for happiness. See, happiness says, oh, or how's everything? Is my situation perfect? Is everything Okay. Joy is so much deeper. Joy comes from Jesus that whenever the world is falling apart around you, there is joy. I, I, want, I want you to think about uh, how that you can have that joy and that you can't have it apart from Christ. Uh, you, you, people go and they try to see what happens. We look for joy in the wrong places. And, 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 and you, can't, you can't produce it. I can't produce some smile on my face all the time. I have to let God produce this stuff. I have to let God take me down in the midst of all the turmoil and all the pain and he produces the joy. And I can't get it by pushing some standard, by pushing the yoke of the law that I have to be a happy person all the time. I come with the yoke of Christ and say, Lord, your burden is easy. Your burden is light. Lord, I'm just going to hang with you. If you plant an apple tree, do oranges grow on that, orange, on that apple tree? No. 
Uh, did cherries grow on an apple tree? No, only an apple grows on an apple tree. And so God is the one who produces the spirit. He has the spirit, and when you come to him, he produces this in your life. Love, joy, happiness. I'm sorry, love, joy, peace. He is the one who produces that in your life. Uh, Jesus has come, and, uh, and when we have come and we adore him, he makes us triumphant. It's because of him that we are triumphant. When, Jesus, when we adore Christ, he makes us triumphant. And so I, I want to encourage you, come adore Christ. See, the call this morning is to come, come to Christ, and worship him, adore him. And if, you're, if you have, uh, you know, I think some of us are fearful to come because of our burdens, because of our pain, because of our mess. And others are fearful, when I get there, what do I do? What, what, what's this whole concept of adore? And see, when we adore, when we start, we just look at him. He's God. This is who he is. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6, this is a powerful verse. Was told, this was foretold 700 years before Jesus came on the scene. It says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Uh, th- this is who Jesus is. He, he, he's going to be the one that's going to reign on rule. He is wonderful. He's the counselor. And one day, the second half of that will be fulfilled when he is reigning. Listen, he will reign forever. There, there, there will be the reign. The, the whole world will understand that verse. The whole world will understand the peace that he brings. The whole world will understand that he is God. That little baby in the manger, when the shepherds came, the unlikely first guest, the unlikely people who were number one on the list, when they came, you know what they were doing? They were worshiping not a baby. They were worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for that is who that baby is. They were worshiping the Alpha and Omega. We see that all over the scripture. That's the, that is the first and the last letter of the, of the Greek alphabet. He says he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. That's who they were worshiping. He's the author of life. This little baby was the author of life. They were worshiping the author of life. The Prince of Peace. He was, they were worshiping the, the, the author of faith, the one who starts faith in your heart, the one who matures the faith. It's all on him. And so they're coming before and they're worshiping him. Uh, they're, they're worshiping the one who spoke everything into existence. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus spoke everything into existence. It was by his hand. That's who they were worshiping. He is the bread of life. He is our salvation. He's the lifter of our head. This, you want to talk about triumphant. That's the triumphant. So I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've been dealing in your life and you say, I haven't been too faithful. I haven't been too joyful. I haven't been too triumphant. Let's come and adore him. Because if we will come, and we adore him for who he is. We just worship him. He produces the joy in your life. 
He produces the faith in your life. He produces the triumph, the victory. It's all at his hand. Let's bow in prayer. Well, there, heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. I'd like to ask you just to respond to the goodness of God. Maybe you're here today and you've not yet started a relationship with Jesus. Jesus has come that you might have life. John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That is why he has come. And I want to encourage you to start that relationship today. Will you come and adore him? Will you come with your weary, your burden, with your sin, and will you lay them at that foot of of, of Christ today? Because that little baby was born and lived a perfect life, went to the cross, paid for your sin, died on the cross, was risen again so that you might have life. And he says, if you will come to me, if you will adore me, you'll have life. So if you're here and you say, Pastor Ken, I'd like, to, I'd like to respond to Christ today. I'd like to start a relationship with Christ. If that's you, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to ask you to repeat after me to the Lord, just quietly, not out loud, but just inwardly in your soul to God. Just respond something like this. Just pray to him, dear God, I come before you today and I admit that I'm a sinner. God, I've done wrong things and I need a savior. So God, I'm coming before you and I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart today, to come into my life. I'm laying my burdens down at your feet. Because you're God, and you said I could come to you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. And right now in this place, I accept your gift of eternal life. And for others here this morning... Maybe you've been following Christ for a while, but maybe life's just got so busy and maybe you've picked up the yoke of, of trying to do it in your own power. Maybe you've picked up the yoke of trying to perform, make other people happy. Maybe you've let, picked up the yoke of, of trying to, uh, trying to feel, feel that burden, take the burden away with other things that you think are so light. But there's nothing as light as coming to Christ. Will you take up the yoke of Christ again this morning? Will you come before him and say, Okay, God, I am, I'm back. I just want you to produce joy in my life. I want you to produce faith in my life. I want you to produce the victories. And I'm going to give it all to you. Father God, be with each person as they respond now to your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent that message first to people who were not high on the religious scale, to people that were not high on the social scale, but yet you called all to come and adore you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come me, oh, come me to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. Citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Today, turn to your neighbors, say goodbye until we see you next week. Have a good one.